Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Carter comes up shitty. Got it! 1.2 seconds to go! Vince Carter, you are amazing! Give it to me! Put a little baby flag! Damage out of here! Welcome to Toronto Basketball Matters Podcast number 16. I am with the usual suspects. To my left is the sport doctor, the self-proclaimed sport doctor, Gregory Urshadis. What up, D-Dot? To my right is Christian Wolfgang Graffin. Hello. Fresh off an excursion up north. If you guys don't know anything about Christian, he's actually a secret horse whisperer. And he goes up north and does work with horses. It's not a secret anymore. <laughs> no, not, not, secret not anymore. anymore. <laughs> All right, guys, it's straight to the point. Big, uh, big week in the world of NBA free agency to start the Toronto Raptors. Toronto Raptors retaining Kyle Lowry, Serge Ibaka. The band is back together. The gang is back. But there's obviously some massive holes based on salary cap restraints. We're looking at the bench, depth, um, you know, potentially losing guys like Corey Joseph, Jamari Carroll, not being able to re-sign Patrick Patterson. Uh, Greg, where, where do the Raptors kind of stand right now in the pecking order of the Eastern Conference with the re-signing of Kyle Lowry, Serge Ibaka, and what we have on our bench as well? Uh, I still think we're better than Boston, even though they got Gordon Hayward. Uh, in the playoffs, obviously, Cleveland is still the favorite. Uh, the champs, until the champs get knocked off kind of thing. Uh, that being said, I think we are definitely top three in the East. I think with a full year under their belt with this group, they will improve as a team from last year. So they will be... I'm expecting this to be the best Raptors team ever. Uh, and there are some things that, that need to happen to... to to make that happen. <laughs> like best regular season team so, ever, right? No, I, they're just the most so talented. Greg, let me ask you a question. Then. Talented so, team ever. So we're talking about, we're right at the cap. Uh, obviously, we have to, we're talking about trading Corey Joseph. That Indiana's been thrown out there. Yeah. So yeah. What, what do you see out of our bench? Who needs to turn a corner? Like, do you see any glaring issues on our bench, especially when it comes to depth? Well, I, I want to get to that. Can I just, before we get into that, I would like to congratulate Kyle Lowry on a much-deserved, much-deserved contract. Stuck it out here. He's home. Kyle, congrats. Been a big fan. Glad to see that your legacy will be in Toronto. Now, on the matter of the bench, and that is a serious concern. Thanks, uh, Kyle, for pushing the bench out of town. <laughs> well, I mean, who did he push out of town? Tucker? Patterson? 
Todd doesn't have to go. He played his way out of this. He played this way out of the city, in my opinion. Tucker probably would have left anyways because he wanted to go to a real championship contender, I think. Uh, in, no, it was Houston. about the money with Tucker. It was about the money. We couldn't give him 30, $32 million. We couldn't give him that money. It was over four years, though, wasn't it? So it was $8 million. That's roughly... Three years. That's, that's roughly three years. Three years, $32 million. I, th- I think. Um, but look, look. The bench, we're relying on young guys to step up. Uh, that being said, we have we're not dependent on one or two stars. We have we're trying to play a deep. We're, well, we're trying to play seven man rotation. I think so. We're going to have to rely a lot on... Nor- I'm going to say Norman Powell to make a jump this year. Uh, Damari Carroll needs a comeback year. JV, we need to get the most out of JV. That's for damn sure. Uh, those are three. And uh, Jakob Pertl, DeLon Wright. Like, th- these are all guys that need to up their game. They can't come back and do what they, they did last year. We need more out of them if we really want to get the most out of our team. To me, the Raptors bench is just so different from their starting lineup. Like, they're yeah. so young. They're very young, um, yeah. Again, it's a great system that they can learn and grow in, but I think we have to get rid of Corey Joseph. For, first of all, the, the salary cap alone with with Kyle Lowry signing for $33 million a year puts us about the high 120s right now. Yeah. And even though we signed a $5 million Sun Life financial deal, that, that <laughs> doesn't 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 matter. They can put anything they want in the jerseys. If we're at $130 million, the luxury cap on, or the luxury tax on that's huge. So we're going to try to get rid of somebody, I think. And Corey Joseph, and like you said, um, Damari Carroll and Valanchunas are the three people they're looking at. Joseph makes about seven and a half million a year. And to me, I think we should get rid of him just because DeLon Wright's ready. Um, last year, even, honestly, Van Vliet didn't play that that bad. He's just not that great at defense. But DeLon Wright with his length, um, he can mold right into a really good, especially with Lowry being healthy for a full year and actually growing and getting maybe 15 minutes a game. Uh, to me, that's where the direction has to go. We started getting these young people sort of minutes and start getting them integrated. Last year, we saw it with the injuries, uh, I think at the beginning. Um, we got Siakam in there. We got a whole bunch of players that we got to see. Nene, uh, or Bebe, sorry. Um, that we got to see that, and they were actually really good. So to give these guys a chance, I think, is huge, uh, especially throughout the regular season. I don't think we're going to be at a seven-man rotation. I think we're going to actually be pretty deep. No, what, what I meant by that is, like, you need to get a lot out of your best seven because we're not like Boston is like 10 deep in their rotation how they played we because we we loaded up in the way that we did uh, and we start a center who needs to play right um, you need to get a lot out of your top seven because it's a pretty big drop off I think because we have very young we have a very young bench what's the value of drafting a guy like Jacopoto like I know I've been really hard on Jacopoto but he's a kind of guy then come next season immediately come off the bench and be a rotation guy yeah no he and that was my de- defense of him is that his athleticism and fun and how fundamentally sound he is means that you're gonna get productive well, there's, there's value minutes. Hey, you look at the washington wizards for example who went out and tried to sign a guy like ian mahinmi as a backup center the guy's making 16 million dollars a year you know yakup Podol maybe isn't a high upside sort of guy but he can come in and fill a need that the raptors need right now especially with the salary cap restraints we're facing yeah anybody who comes off the bench shouldn't be making that much money unless they're up for six man of the year. Something oh, like yeah. that. On, honestly, like the system the Raptors have right now where their entire bench is really cheap, mm-hmm. I think they have six players at $11 million on their bench, yeah. including people like right now, Norman Powell. So it's great. 
I think we have to take advantage, like you said, we have to take advantage kind of. Now that we know that the team, what we have going forward, the roster, we have to kind of take advantage of this next couple of years. And I don't know, getting over Cleveland, I kind of agree with you. Boston, to me, is not that scary with what they've put together They're with Hayward be being added. Compromise to get Gordon Hayward on that team is insane. Like, yeah. Like the draft picks, the guys they've been kind of like, like James Young, for example, um, Yabusele. They're going to get rid of uh, Crowder. Sijic's even going to play in the NBA. They're losing Demetrius Jackson. They're losing a ton of guys. Crowder. Crowder is going to get traded. They're shopping him. Drabko are gone. They were great in the playoffs for the Boston Celtics. They're definitely taking a hit on their depth with trying to, you know, fit in Gordon Hayward as a missing piece of the puzzle. Sure. It's just the depth didn't really get them that far, I don't think. I think they need to... them in the regular season. Well, that's what made them a number one team in the East. Again, but they're... was their depth, right? But regular season, they even had home advantage against Cleveland in the playoffs and didn't didn't really do anything. guys only take you so far in the playoffs. Right. That's what I'm talking about. Right now, we have to kind of... I don't know. I guess I'm kind of really considering the playoffs a lot more than the regular season. The regular season, I guess the Raptors getting 55-plus wins. I see. But who knows what's going to happen in the playoffs. To me, it's the exact same starting five as last year with Powell at the three, DeRozan at the two, Lowry at the one, Abaka and Valanciunas splitting the 4-5. The bench hasn't really improved other than basically you're hoping that they've gotten better over the summer just based on age. So to me, the Raptors as a squad, I mean, the only argument you can make really is that last year they weren't healthy enough. And we never got to see them at their full potential. And they didn't get to gel. But I don't know if that full potential Raptors, even at at full potential, is enough to beat someone like Cleveland. Sorry, just to add one more thing to this. So, you know, everyone thought the salary cap was going to go up again this year and obviously it went down. And there's a ton of guys out there free agency who are kind of holding out for that max contract, for that massive contract. Um, with the salary cap going down, there's not going to be a lot of contracts. I know to a lot of free agents out there. The Raptors could wait a month or so and eventually sign some decent guy vet off the bench at like the veteran minimum. <laughs> like Rudy Gay? The only way they can do that, though, is if they get rid of some contracts right now. Yeah, but we can right? get someone like, for the cheap, though. Like, yeah, but for me to say, we can find someone who could be a rotation guy coming off the bench on the cheap. So you mean like trading someone or a free agent? Well, Sorry. freeing up caps space and getting someone for like two and a half, three million dollars. But what's the best way, I guess, the question I have for you guys, what's the best way to free up the cap space? Valanchunas, Carroll, or Joseph? I see Valanchunas and Corey Joseph as more expendable than Mari Carroll. It's kind of a crazy thing to say, but like based on their roster that's coming up to next season, you know, Demari Carroll fills a massive, massive uh, requirement to three position. He's coming off the bench, though. Just start Powell. I think JP is a lot more important than Carroll. Mm -hmm. You can't replace... There are only a handful of players in in the league that can do with JV can. So you think Serge Ibaka and Valanciunas can coexist in the front court? Yeah, I think they're a very formidable front. I, Ibaka is supportive of Valanciunas, right? Um, part of the reason why JV struggled last year was because we had such awful power forward contributions, and he's being left to do everything inside. Um, look, people have their opinions about JV, um, and people talk about you know not being able to keep up with the new NBA. There's only a few teams in the league that can really make the Raptors pay for playing big. There's very few teams. The good ones? The only Golden State. Oh, and Cleveland? I can think of. Cleveland. Valanciunas doesn't Cleveland, play a minute in the fourth quarter no, against Cleveland. No, no, no. But when we play Cleveland, JV is an asset. He stops them Until the killing fourth quarter. us inside. No, he played a lot in the fourth quarter, too, against Cleveland. Pirtle was our out there best, in the last, in the starting our five. Our best lineup against Cleveland, I mean, look, part of the reason why we're good against Cleveland is that we have size like him. If you don't, 
LeBron, like Ibaka isn't even big enough to deter him. You need a real center unless you can go small and actually make them pay. Otherwise, you got to make them pay inside or at least stop them from getting easy baskets, right? They killed us from the three. That's how they killed us. It wasn't our inside play. One of the people, like, I mean, Patrick Patterson, someone we haven't really spoken about, he was the one who allowed us to go small last year. To put a four-year, $22 million contract with Oklahoma City Thunder. Yeah, and I mean, for some reason, OKC is now a team everybody wants to go to when they forgot that Westbrook is not going to be passing the ball that much. Because they're sick. Because they have the best player in the NBA, and they have arguably the best, well, one of the best wing players in the NBA, and they are... I think they are now a contender in the West. Yeah, but what are you trying to accomplish they get a, that acquisition? Second round. You can say contender, but they're not going to win the championship. Yeah, let's second say, round. Let's say, let's say Paul they George. They get one more piece, listen, they listen. could win the let's championship. Let's say Paul George. Like, okay, let's say they go they're to the one piece away. They have a great year, but Paul George still elects no, on that contract of Russell Westbrook. What yeah, they're they, one play away. What direction do they go afterwards? Russell Westbrook, uh, maybe yeah, LeBron James. That's a risk. Deciding. No, but that's the risk that you that's take, right? That's a massive risk to make. Is it, though? If Westbrook's going to walk anyways, why not try to make it happen? What did they give up? Your boy Oladipo? By the way, the second best player in that series is Trevor Ariza. It's not Oladipo. Between Houston and, and OKC, we talked about it last week. Trevor Ariza is better than Oladipo. I, I was thinking about that. It was madness to me. Yeah, and, Ryan Anderson's up there, too. Okay, right, and Ryan Anderson's <laughs> up there, too. But look, um, uh, I mean, I think OKC's right there with those teams. You have two of the, what, what's Paul George in the NBA? Top 10? Yeah, Paul George is absolutely mm, top ten. Top right. eight? No, top ten for sure. Okay. No, I'd put him top twenty. Top twenty? That's yeah. a little low, I think, for no, yeah. for no. Paul George. He's probably the fifth best small forward. So how can you tell me that he's not that he's in the top ten? Who are name me four better small forwards? Kevin Durant, LeBron James, Kawhi Leonard, Kawhi Leonard. So there's three. Mm-hmm. So and then Paul George. I would say maybe. Well, okay, Jimmy Butler, Paul George, whatever. Jimmy yeah. Butler's more. Jordan Hayward. They're all. Jordan they're all, Hayward is not as good as Paul George. Okay, fine. Paul George is number five. So if he's the fifth best. Shoot he's small forward think, in the league. How can a, he possibly be a top that, 10 player? Because that's an extremely important position in the modern NBA. And it's the position where you can score at will. Yeah, but there's four, po- how, there's four point guards I can name right now off the top of my head that are arguably more important for their team. Like Chris Paul, Steph Curry. I don't know. I to me, Paul he's, he's top 20. He's players. not. Like, <sighs> like, I think he's. So, look, my point is I think OKC is a contender in the West. Um, and I think, but going back to the Raptors, I lo- it's wide open, man. Like any any, um, this is not the time to rebuild, right? Because you're guaranteed. You put on a decent team, you're guaranteed, right? To to be able to 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 compete in the playoffs, win playoff series, make the money from that, expand your fan base. Don't mortgage your future at least just yet. Mm-hmm. But hey, man, the pieces are still there because maybe you do package JV and some young guys and a pick for another star player and now you're talking about right like the Raptors are really just a couple tweaks away I think from really making a, a championship run and even on the flip side as well with the Kyle Lowry contract you know we, we weren't locked into a five six year contract we're in a three year contract where we have a quick emergency escape button if we yeah. potentially you know couple of the playoffs and we can trade Kyle Lowry in his third year there's yeah. multiple options as well I just think it's a great signing I love bringing back Kyle Lowry I love bringing back Serge Ibaka I think continuity you know just a continuity like a culture building of, a winning culture exactly, exactly. Um, I, I just wonder how long it takes until the fans kind of get sick of the winning in the regular season and losing in the well, playoffs 
issue with the NBA, look at soccer, for example. I don't know much about soccer, but I know there's multiple cups and tournaments and other... Yeah, winning uh, the league means something. Yeah, exactly. Like, the, the, the final championship isn't the be-all, end-all. You know what I mean? I, I think there's something to winning the Eastern Conference, especially being the Cleveland Cavaliers. There may, no, may not be a trophy or... That no, should be our goal. Really, but that's a big... That that's, should that's be the awesome Raptors' goal. goal. Uh, the Raptors' goal for this season... I think it should be to finish first place in the Eastern Conference. It would be something that the team's never like done. Graphic, do you think it's uh, the goal should be to win the NBA championship? No, but I mean, you want to set realistic goals. I mean, you know, every team's goal every year is to win the NBA championship. But I mean, what are you as a fan? Well, hold on, hold on. I would. Team? S- I think, and and it's step by step. First, it's make the playoffs. Then it's make the playoffs in the top four. Uh, then it's try to secure home court advantage in the playoffs. Right? Like the, the it's a step by step process. I would argue there's ten teams right now that are actually trying to win a championship. Coming into next year with realistic, and I think the Raptors are there because of what they've done. Yeah, in the no, they're one of them, but they're I think definitely they're... a team that you can't say they're in the in the you know they're. Hopefully, we we beat the Eastern Conference. No, we're a team that's gone all in on our roster. Our cap is 125 plus million but right before now. Before you go and say we want to win a championship, that in that locker room, listen, in that locker room, it's a step by step process. First things first. Okay? You come out to a good start in the year. Okay, And it leads over the regular season to, hopefully, like you say, our goal is to win the league. Our goal is to, you know, just talking about what Brandon's saying about the league. If we can take first in the East, then you give yourself a chance of using our home court in the playoffs. Because you're not going to beat, if you have any chance of beating Cleveland. No, and, but, but even talking about a championship, if you really want to win a championship, don't expect to win it if you don't have home court. Like, that that does matter. Home court. So Didn't help think, Boston. Yeah, because Boston sucks. Like, Boston was was miles behind. Boston's roughly where we are right now. No, we're much better than Boston. I really, Arguably. We killed them. Arguably. We killed them. In what, the about, what about a but team? The regular uh, season, killed them. The regular there season no doesn't com- mean anything. No, it does. When you're comparing teams, you can look at when they play each other. When we play Boston, we dominated them. They're the like, only, it wasn't even competitive. Aren't they the only team that got a win against Cleveland? They only got that because LeBron James turned it off. So you, got, you, guys, you guys keep bringing up Washington, Boston. I didn't bring know, up Washington. They're better than Boston. See, the team that concerns me the most in Easter Conference beyond the Cleveland Cavaliers. Man, it's it's the Milwaukee Bucks, man. You got a healthy Chris Middleton. You got Jabari Parker good out point. there. Healthy as well. Giannis, you know, I another season. The Bucks and the 76ers are the two teams I'm looking forward to watching the most next year. And Houston, obviously, because of what see they Markel have. Fultz last time. My God. I, we, yeah, some D-League. You and I were watching Markel Fultz. Uh, he, he looks like the real deal. He looks very much so like the real deal. <laughs> he was great last game night. So as well. Philly's going to be fantastic. Dante Exum looked fucking amazing for the Utah Jazz. Yep. Him and Donovan Mitchell look good. Comfortably good. But it's How summer old league. Is Dante Exum now? Twenty three. Twenty three. He's young. He's very young. He's Don't forget guard, that the, right? the Spurs are drafting people who are twenty three. He's a point right guard. Now. He's a six foot six point guard. All right, guys, moving down uh, the talking points. We kind of mentioned him earlier. Uh, so according to verticals, Shand Sharnia, Gordon Hayward, and the Boston Celtics have agreed on terms to a four year, one hundred twenty eight million dollar contract. Jeez. According to USA Today, Sam Amick, uh, they added the fourth year in Hayward's contract, which is a player option, which means he'll be free to chase a 10-year max contract if he opts out in the summer of 2020. All right, guys, w- what does Gordon Hayward add to the Boston Celtics, and are they a championship contender with the addition of Gordon Hayward, and what direction should they be going? Like, if you are Danny Ainge, what are you doing? Are you offloading assets, i.e. draft picks, trying to build around Gordon Hayward? Are you being a little bit more patient and organically developing the team? Graffin, where are you at with the Boston Celtics? So, to me, I don't know. Everybody says that Boston's. They're looking at Boston right now, and I'm not a fan of Danny Ainge because um, they could have been so much more than what they currently are. Mm-hmm. And I think that's it's a fair critique, obviously. However, with what they currently have, they have Horford, they have Isaiah Thomas, and they have Hayward. They have a lot of 
pieces, a lot of great defensive players on their team as well um, with Avery. I mean, uh, to me, Boston is still, I mean, don't forget, they finished first last year. To me, I can see, see them finishing first in the regular season, going just as far in the playoffs, and then taking Cleveland to a real series this year. I don't know. For me, Boston is not, they haven't regressed in any way, that's for sure. To me, if anything, Boston and Cleveland hasn't really gotten that much better. The Raptors are the exact same. So for me, if anything, Boston's the only team that's really, really improved by getting someone who's so a, you think who's a Boston, real superstar. So you think Boston last year and this year are better than the Raptors? Is that what you're saying? Yes. That's foolishness. I mean, last for me on this podcast. Well, last year's debatable. I mean, last year the Raptors had a lot. No, again, this the, year will be debatable. Last year, there's no. The Raptors right. every single season have the same thing. We get off to a hot start. We have a terrible time over Christmas and, and January, and then we slowly pull it together before the playoffs. Like it's the same sort of thing. Who knows? Boston came first last year. They beat Cleveland. Like that's something yeah, we have they to. They also had a, a, a relatively healthy season. They didn't but, have any major injuries. But well, that's going, not what. Well, that's uh, a bad excuse. Going though. back. To Danny Ainge, I I, I just I, I don't understand. It makes absolutely no sense to me how the Boston Celtics couldn't put together a package better than Victor Oladipo and Sabonis to get Paul George. That makes absolutely no sense to me with the prospects they have on that team, um, with the ample draft picks in the future. Like I just don't understand how Danny Ainge didn't like just pull the trigger and give what two starters, Avery Bradley, Jay Crowder, maybe two first round picks for Paul George. That makes absolutely no sense to me. What is he trying to accomplish by signing Gordon Hayward and? Retaining all these assets. In a word? Yeah. Longevity. Mm-hmm. Um, he wants to win. He's not just trying to build a contending team now. If you Building believe, a championship culture. If you throughout. believe them to be a contending team now, which I don't. He wants to build but, the Spurs. But yeah, he wants to solidify success long term. I don't, you know, history may not look kindly on this, right? Because he passed up Markel Fultz. Uh, he didn't ultimately pull the trigger on a trade to land Paul George, which then, if they had Paul George, I would say they were the they could be the best team in the East. I don't think like Hayward to me like I take DeRozan over Hayward, in my opinion. Um, and right now, I'll take Lowry over Thomas. I think our backcourt is still better. I think our frontcourt is better. Uh, mind you, their young pieces are Boston's young pieces. Jalen Brown. I, I, I like Tatum. what he showed. Tatum looked great, too. Well, I mean, I, I got to see him play in the NBA first, right? Yeah. Like, But Brown, I liked what I saw to him in the, in the playoffs. Tatum he didn't looked back fantastic down. yesterday yep. in the summer yeah. league. Jalen Brown had nine points. Tatum put up 22 on efficient shooting as well. Yeah. yeah. Again, yeah, he, I got to see him play good. in the NBA. The I team's just scary. They're, they're still well. young. Again, just to me, the overall, everyone's critiquing Boston right now. Now and I get it. Well, their stars aren't young. I their stars totally, aren't young at all. No, they're like us. They're like the Raptors. No, Isaiah Thomas older. is 29. Isaiah Thomas is 29. Horford's like 32 or something like that, 31. And um, and then Hayward's what, 27, 28? Like they're not that much. It's, they're, they're, they're on relatively par. They're the on same, par. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So to me, I mean, Jalen Brown's great, but if they get Tatum, if Horford actually can have a year that's that's worth you know worthwhile. But he's going, he's, he's going the, on the other end, right? He's going down. Uh, I don't, and we, we, I mean, just to say this again, when we match up against Boston, they have a really hard time battling us inside. We win the battle of the boards. I think our front court is better, and you could say that our our, our back court evens out, although I think Isaiah Thomas is a defensive liability. Absolutely. Um, but, right. okay, if you're going to say that uh, Horford's going down, then you have to admit Ibaka's the same way. Who's this No, I don't think so. Hor- Ibaka's 27, despite what, hey, and... and, and Ibaka's probably 45. No, that, did you read... <laughs> 
that piece that he wrote, right? No. It's it's steeped in racism to believe that just because he comes from Africa, no one believes his age. Right? And he's insulted by this. And you know what? If the Raptors end up benefiting that because that hurts his market value, fine. And I bet you that's why he likes Toronto. Because his boy, Masai, right, would well, never say that to would him. Would give him so much money. Hey, it's a fair contract. <laughs> Ibaka's an ama- I, I don't get what your beef is, is with Ibaka. He's one of the best power forwards, man. He's a great power forward. He's great defensively, right? great he's, communicator, great team first guy. He can shoot the three. He's, he's what we needed. In the playoffs last year, what I saw from Ibaka is everything I didn't want to see from a player that we got for Terrence Ross. He was somebody who basically kind of played like Terrence Ross, but hit a less percentage of his shots. He wasn't as, trust me, I was very excited to get Ibaka when we first got him, and P.J. Tucker because of defense. To me, I was just saying, awesome. Our defense, the Raptors' defense now, especially inside, with those two playing the three and the four, is going to be really hard to get through in the playoffs. But in the end, Ibaka, I mean, P.J. Tucker was was one of the best defensive players. I think every fan would agree. But Ibaka just wasn't, he wasn't exactly what everybody thought he was going to be. And he was already playing that way in Orlando for a long time, shooting a lot more. And just to me, it was the playoffs last year. Forget about about the regular season, forget about what he looks like on paper. The playoffs, from what I saw from him, he took a lot of shots that were pretty much really, he was very contested in a lot of them, and they were just bricks, brick after brick after brick. So I don't um, see how, what would so, so appeal about that. So his shooting percentage is very high for a power forward from deep. Uh, the reason I guess he had some bad games against Cleveland is because Cleveland played us. It was a whole playoffs. That, no, no, it wasn't. He played good in against Milwaukee. In fact, the, 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 the most important game in, in that series. It was, oh, I forget which game it was. It was a home game. It, it was a game when Toronto was down. Were we down 2-1 at one point? Against Milwaukee. Uh, and yeah, to we start that running. game, Serge Ibaka came out like a man. He came out, he blocked, I think, the shot on the first two possessions. Hit shots on the first two possessions. Okay, and look, the playoffs, okay, we didn't have a Lowry against, against Cleveland. It's hard to evaluate... A team when you're missing your leader but if you look at his numbers he, he played quite well for the Raptors he's not a superstar we don't we didn't bring him here to be a superstar he's a defense first stretch four he's a big the prototypical power forward I think him and Valanciunas like, are, are, are a formidable front court. see like I like a Serge Ibaka man like I'm a big I, I am a fan of Serge I just don't like how I don't like the back, the front court rather, you know, it's Valanciunas and Serge Ibaka. Like, I see Serge more as a center, like a stretch five, like a rim runner. Um, I just don't like him and Valanciunas. I think they're too slow. How tall how, how tall is Ibaka? 6'10". Okay. He's not no, able. But, no, but against like, Milwaukee, mm-hmm. when we did that, Monroe destroyed us on the boards. Right. Okay. You have to understand all this, like, oh, play a small center. You have to have someone that can actually keep the opposing team mm-hmm. center off the glass. The whole history of basketball is that if you can out-rebound a team, you're going to win. No, I'm not denying that. Shoot three's all you want, man. You got to hit him and I, you got to box out. I can't justify having a guy who can only play in limited situations and you know, Silent Shooter starting $60 million a season. Jamari Carroll can't play at all. Yeah, and he makes the same amount of money. Yeah, but that's and not... And he's older, and he's on the downside. Valanciunas yeah, is on but, the upside. But I'm not, like... Big I, men I, We're mature. not disputing if Demario Carroll should be traded. If we had the option of training Demario Carroll, 100%, we should do it. Yeah, Valanciunas is a little more disputable. We can debate that for I see, No, no, but... And that's what I'm saying. I actually see Carroll... If you're, like, if you're the Raptors and you're trying to unload salary, get him involved in Because no, you're I'm not losing your is team. Valanciunas is a more enticing player yeah, he's a more, than Demario Carroll. Yeah, yeah, so yeah if exactly. if we did have to offload a contract on our team right now, realistically... We 
have to pair them though. At flipping balance sheets, no, because no one's going to take thirty. No one's going to take both of them. No, but that's the thing. So. You would like it's how to dump Valanciunas, but to me, you better get something good in, in return. We get an asset for Valanciunas. Samari Carroll, we're giving an additional asset. We'd have to, to get, give like, a second rounder. Yeah, we'd have to. We'd have to give, give a, like a Siakam or something like that with Carroll in order to get something. I don't see something. why we don't do that and just start Nor- Norman Powell and bring uh, Caboclo. I really put on Caboclo and and the and 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 the rookie at the he three. He might be three more years away from being three years away from. Being uh, then three years. then it's time that he gets cut and he can go and have a nice career in Europe or something. Yeah, our D League team needs another championship. Let him play there. Yeah, no, but, but, but we have the rookie that's going to play at the three. We don't have another competent center. When you want to play against Joel Embiid, good luck with the Baca. Oh, boy, Yakupoto. Hold on, get, he can't. But even him, like, good luck playing uh, against Joel Embiid without Valentin. We have three centers, and we have Pascal good, good Siakam. Luck. We have Nogueira, and we still have uh, Pascal Siakam is Yacupoto. not a center. He's a skill set wise. He's a five in the NBA. Skill set. He's on a. He's not. He's on. He's on a four stretcher. He's not quick. I, uh, Siakam? Yes. Siakam is quick. He's extremely quick. He's on a four. That's why he started he's at power. Four. That's what. Yes, he is. No, that's his not. position. He's on a natural. How tall is he? How tall is Siakam? Like six foot eight. I think he's six, six foot, foot nine. Eight. And six you want to play him at center? Huh? You want to play him at center at six foot eight? He's not Draymond Green. I'd rather have like uh, someone like uh, Bebe guarding. Oh my god. Uh, guarding. Yeah, we saw what happened um, last year. We put guarding him there <laughs> You want Bebe guarding or Pirtle or Pirtle guarding as opposed to Valanciunas? Strong enough. They can't. They they can't sustain their. They can't. Dominate space. Embiid's, you need size and strength. No, not but Embiid, Embiid's game is not what you're. you're uh, right no, now I watched the kid play. I, I watched him play. He killed Nogueira last year. So you see that he's not just going inside every time. He takes out. He goes in the three. He's moving around a lot. But he sets a lot can, of screens. Hold he on. He sets can, a lot of screens. Inside. And that's the main reason why we end up getting lost. Because he sets a screen. Valanciunas can't roll and stay off. Like again, for me, it's a, it's mobility. It's always come down JV to that with Valanciunas. With, JV can stay with. No. Nobody. That's with, the reason why he doesn't play in the about? fourth quarter. He can't, no, he can stay with traditional centers. He can't stay with non-traditional centers. Embiid is not. Embiid is who you want him playing against. You don't want him playing against the Draymond Greens of the world. No. Or 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 if Cleveland goes small. To me, it's any center that is capable. No, of hitting that's a th- not true. He plays good against Hold, other centers. You didn't even let me finish. Any center that's capable of hitting a three is what Valanciunas should not be playing against. Because that's centers, what stretches. How many centers do that? Regardless, Embiid does, and that's the point of this argument. Embiid, Embiid so, can shoot up threes all he wants. We're not going to lose games because Embiid shooting threes. Well, he has let, better let, percentage let than your boy Abaka. He wants. Let, that means he's not under the basket. So it's the same thing with Abaka then. No, Ibaka is a better shooter than Embiid, and Ibaka no, he's not. Four. Yes, he no, is. he's not. Look at his percentage. I will. Ibaka shoots over thirty percent for three. He shot, what does Embiid shoot? He shot th- so Ibaka last year in the playoffs shot thirty-one percent in the playoffs from the three-point line. That's good. That's he also shot awful. Regular season, that is forty percent. He shot forty percent from the three-point line. Okay, look, Ibaka shot extremely high. Listen, thirty percent in the playoffs. Everyone's numbers dip in the playoffs. Embiid was three sixty-seven three-point percent. Why? Hold on. What do you mean everybody's players? Everybody's numbers dip in the playoffs. So that's, that's very everybody's, incorrect. Everybody's uh, offensive percentages are worse in the playoffs. Absolutely because incorrect. Because the defense is better. So no. you expect people to drop a bit in in the playoffs. LeBron, I'm not, pretty sure LeBron averaged a triple double Le- in the playoffs. Le- LeBron is the exception. He goes KD, the same thing. Yeah, these are superstars. All right, guys, I'm moving down the list. We can talk about this for hours. I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna interject for interject. a second, and we're gonna go down the list. So Paul Millsap is the newest member of the Denver Nuggets, joining rookie sensation Nikolai Jokic in the front court. Uh, great foundation as well. The guys like Emmanuel Mudiay, Jamal Murray's point guards. You know, you have Gary Harris Jr., Will Barton. Um, they still have. 
have Kenneth Fareed, which is a trade chip as well. Uh, do you think the Denver Nuggets are a playoff contender? They think they can sleek in at eight seven. Yeah, I think they can. It all depends on how it plays out with the Jazz and the and and the Clippers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I suppose it, it's a good move for them. Uh, well, think of it. They this have way. the cap space, okay, think right? Of it this way: Atlanta Hawks won sixty games with fluidity, with ball movement, with guys like Damari Carroll, with a front court of Paul Millsap and Al Horford, great playmakers as big men, with a point guard Jeff T, Kyle Korver, just like you know, flow through an offense. I, do you, do you feel like they could replicate Denver that sort plays of offense? running gun. Denver plays running gun. No, but with what they have right now, Nikolai Yocha being the primary playmaker, um, shooters like Jamal Murray and Gary Harris Jr., as well as Will Bart. Do you think that team? Yeah, is because they, team? well, they can create space. Mm-hmm. They, it it depends. I mean, you know what you're what you're going to get out of out of Millsap. It's it's if the this Jokic kid continues to improve at the rate that he's improving, which he, he will most okay. likely. Well, he's any shown any sign of. Uh, he's I mean, a great passer, and I don't think so, that's going to ever diminish. Like that's yeah. he's, he's definitely a very he's good playmaker. So then, so then, it, so, okay, so it's it's then can he score at a higher level to lead his team, maybe, and 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 can the younger players. But as I was mentioning, and the Moutiers of the world, can Gary Harris, can those guys, Jamal Murray, Jamal Murray can they step up? Yeah, Gallinari's not on the team anymore. Gallinari's no, no, Jamal Murray. I said. Oh, Jamal, sorry, sorry, sorry. So yeah, so that's an interesting trade. See, too. I like this though because they don't really have a traditional point guard. I mean, like I, I'm pretty much given up on Emmanuel Moody. He was your point. boy. Um, Moutier was once your boy. I, I've, I'm, I'm off Moutier Island right now. Um, <laughs> but no, like I, I'm really big on Jamal Murray. And he's not a, he's not your typical point guard. He's more of a sort of undersized two. But I think with Nikolai Jokic playmaking ability with Paul Millsap's play Paul Millsap's playmaking ability as well as Gary Harris Jr. You know, you have three guys that are great ball distributors. And a guy like Jamal Murray can kind of fill like a spot up shooter role like George Hill. I like that team, man. I think they have like a really good sort of nucleus. They have a lot of really good young guys on great contracts. They have a fantastic front court. They have a lot of upside this season. Yeah, think, we'll Robin? see. Denver's gonna be good. I think they're one they're one of the teams that I love to watch because again they're they're a West Coast team and they play kind of at nine o'clock so they get that staggered start time and they you can always watch Man, right, right after they have the altitude, so they they push it. Yep, it's uh, and again Jamal Murray to me is exciting. Mm-hmm. He's a kid that even last year, seeing what he did in the what was it, the All Star rookies and sophomore game or whatever it's called, just to see what he did there was was his potential is huge. And again, of course, he's Canadian, so I get excited about that. Um, to me, the one player though about Denver that I always kind of, I, I guess I, I guess a lot of people almost forget about them a little a little bit is um, Wilson Chandler, and I think Wilson Chandler is one of the better small forwards. Again, he, you might be able to argue he's, he's diminishing a bit. He's a great defender and great off the But what about Wilson Chandler? Someone like, if we could trade someone like, I don't know, Damari Carroll and a couple good assets, like Bruno Caboclo and a second round pick, do you they think they would take, ever take that? They wouldn't no. take... No, I. they might take that over... Like, they wouldn't take JV because it doesn't matter. How about Corey style. Joseph then and a second round pick next year? Why would Denver like want a backup point guard, another point guard on that team? They, no, they, they well, might want... they want someone want... that they can learn from. There's a lot of young players on oh, that mm-hmm. team. How much Very the same way George it? Hill got signed at Sacramento. You want to basically train them with someone who's, again, Corey Joseph, as much as I rag on him, he's played in San Antonio. He's played with the Raptors in a good he's system. Solid. He he's filled solid. in. Again, he I don't like him on the Raptors, no but another team. Jump shot. Exactly. Another team could see him as an asset. And I can just see someone like Denver jumping all over that. Den- he'd fit in Denver because he's such a fast paced player. But he's, again, going back to Denver in general, I, I don't know. Maybe they're going to be one of those teams that's on the bubble fighting for a playoff spot, probably. 
probably right around the eight nine spot. Jazz, um, Clippers, but them. That, yeah, and that lack of scoring you were saying from maybe Jokic, Dallas, Memphis, maybe Millsap's going to be the one to help like, like bridge the gap the in, the, in that scoring. So they're going to be an exciting team. I, I don't know really what to expect from them. Um, almost like a probably like a team in the mix, kind of like Utah was last year. Not as good. Depends how they click. I don't see Minnesota being like that much better. Oh, Minnesota, than, uh, Denver at this point, in my opinion, but. Uh, Dude, I don't know, man. If it, if, because if it, it depends. Like, if I it, thought, like the structure well. of an organization, like the Denver Nuggets, the team makes more sense to me than what Minnesota has. They have a lot of like great names, and Jimmy Pauly is a fantastic basketball player. Jeff Key's a decent point guard. Andrew Wiggins might turn a coral, and Carl Anthony Towns is one of the best centers in the NBA. But like, you're talking about two guys who can't really shoot. Jeff Key's not the greatest playmaker. Carl Anthony Towns, who's very liable defensively. I, I like that team. I'm not saying they're going to be a shitty team. I ain't trust the imagination, but I think Denver Nuggets might be that kind of sneaky 55 win team this season. Yeah, they. I mean, yeah, uh, I still think the T Wolves, just on talent alone, are going to be better. But Denver, because of their coach too, I like Mike the Long. way that they play. They. Uh, well, Thibodeau, like I love Thibodeau. Made, uh, no, but I, I mean the thing is, or Timber was a place when Nuggets man. No, like, the Nuggets. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about Nuggets. I, was well, I like both those coaches. It's just that with the T Wolves. Uh, they, because of the way that Tibbs coaches, it was like last year they just kind of cracked a few times under the pressure that he put on them, whereas Malone is more of a positive reinforcement, move the ball, enjoy. You know how Steve Curry says we have to play with great joy? Mm-hmm. That's what he says all the time. Don't forget to play with great joy. That's a little bit like uh, like Malone, right? Um I really think that they're yeah you're right Brandon they're gonna be right there but the T wolves you put the T wolves in that in that category too I would be shocked if Minnesota missed the playoffs though how about this that Brandon? much talent how how do you miss the playoffs to me uh, there's one rumor out there and I think this is the rumor that kind of puts the T wolves from a team that you think they are to a team that almost Greg thinks they are that's a little bit better than that mm-hmm. is Jamal Crawford if they were to add someone like Jamal yeah. Crawford on yeah. that team as a sixth man again kind of like a leader that can help mentor a lot yeah. of the players well, again. And all scoring, you're supplementing Zach. You never should have got rid of Kevin Garnett. Well, that, that was, <laughs> that's a great point. You know, that's what they're missing, like Zach Levine type player. Yes, he check guy at the bench because they also didn't like. They I think they let Shabazz Muhammad go as well. They did. They didn't like back yep. player option. He kind of fits a need off the bench. That's kind of like a streaky sort of score. Uh, Jamal, Jamal Crawford, Crawford puts him in the top five in the Western but Conference. I think he wants to go to uh, like I don't know if he's he can sign a one year then go to the Lakers it, next but, year. But with does Paul he George. want to go? All right, guys. Speaking yeah. of Jamal Crawford, yeah. moving down the list. Uh, big move by the LA Clippers earlier this week. Uh, they acquired the uh, that, that small four they've been uh, going after for maybe the last five, six years of Daniil Gallinari. Unfortunately, Chris Paul's on the team anymore. And Blake Griffin, realistically, he's probably not going to come back until like Christmas with that, uh, what? that foot injury. Wait, really? Yeah, he has some sort of like torn tendon in his foot. So he's going to be out for a he's couple ha- Oh like my first God, really? Or something like that. Yeah. And they gave him and they gave him that, that max money. Yeah. Um, you knew I you were signing. He's an injury-prone guy. No, but like, I didn't know that during these, I thought he was healthy right now. The, clip, the Clippers Wait, did, are just struggling to stay relevant. Is this the same injury that he exited? The they said it was like with? a bone bruise in his foot, and it was actually a torn tendon. Ah. Uh, so going with that, are the LA Clippers a playoff team, Graffin? No, I don't think the LA Clippers are a playoff team. Losing Chris Paul, Chris Paul is the engine behind that entire team. They have no, I'm, no one can just shoot the ball. They have no like exactly. making point. I'm sorry, guard. but like, Patrick Beverly, I said this last week. He is a defensive <laughs> type of player. And he, fuck Austin Rivers, man. Jesus Christ, how's that guy still on the team? 
the guy's making like $12 million. You have just one assist per game as a backup point guard. The guy is just that well, little boy. I was going to say the, the nepotism there kind of. But anyways, regardless, I don't think the Clippers. I think next year is the year that kind of gives the Clippers a reality check. That they're not a team that can actually sustain and just be relevant. Just be a team that's always in the playoffs. They maybe get knocked out in the first round of a team like San Antonio. And you go, oh, well, it's San Antonio. What can you do about that? Well, you know what, though? I don't I, even I, think they're I making the playoffs next year. I completely forgot this. They signed that guy, uh, Milos uh, Teodosic. He's like, and Gal- yes. Yes, and so, Gallinari. And Gallinari. Who's supposed to be fucking like, I think he was like 18. He's the EuroLeague seven, MVP. EuroLeague MVP. I saw him play. I've seen him play in the international competition. It's a primary ball distributor for the LA Clippers. Um. I gotta see him play in the NBA like game first. Of him and Beverly for your example. It, if 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 the Clippers move the ball in their system, he'll he'll benefit to play in that style. If they play like an American individualistic basketball model, I don't know how much of a match he is. Right, like a player like that, he needs a certain system to thrive. I think he's a good shooter for a CSK. Yeah, he's a great shot shooter. Four thirty last year. Yo, he's a good. From the he's a good player, man. He is a good player. I I remember watching him in the international game. I like his game a lot. I've never seen this kid play, so I really don't know. He's what older. To... He's he's what mid twenties. He's a year older than us, so, so he is like thirty. Yeah. twenty nine folks. So is he kind of like a, like a Miritich then? Like on? No, 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 no. He's point guard. Point guard. Okay. Point guard. Playmaker. Very much a playmaker. He's he's like Ricky Rubio with a jump shot. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. All right, guys. Last subject we'll uh, touch base on today. Uh, so we're seeing a little bit of a trend in the NBA this uh, this off season. Two teams taking two drastically different teams, kind of taking two similar approaches when it comes to developing or creating an organization or creating a team. Uh, so on one side, you got the Sacramento Kings. On the other side, you got the Philadelphia 76ers. And what I'm trying to get at is the addition of a nucleus of vets. I've got to be a couple guys who provide veteran leadership in the locker room. So on the one side, you have the Sacramento Kings who recently drafted Deron Fox, also drafted Justin Jackson 15, and Harry Giles at 20. He's still Buddy Heald as well. Uh, Scalabissier, uh, Will Cauley-Stein, a great young nucleus, but they signed George Hill for a four-year contract with roughly $20 million on the table per year, as well as a two-year $24 million contract is Zach Randolph. On the other side, you have the Philadelphia 76ers signing 33-year-old J.J. Redick to a one-year $23 million contract. Also signing former Toronto Raptor vet Amir Johnson to a one-year $11 million contract. What do you think about the addition of vets to a young nucleus? Do you think it's a detriment in the sense that they're not getting playing time in the situation of John Fox in Sacramento? Or do you think it's going to be a positive locker room addition? Through both perspectives, what do you view the addition of of all those vets? So, yeah, like, um, well, first of all, it sounds like Sacramento, 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 it's a longer term signings, even big bets, right? Yeah, Reddick and Amir Johnson. First one one year call, okay. And that makes sense because, I mean, Philadelphia in the past, this is part of the reason why they were criticized so much. They had all these one-and-done AAU babies that came in the league and got into all this trouble because they had no one there to mentor them. Mm -hmm. It's an essential thing. It's absolutely essential. Is is you know on these teams you have uh, the same thing. How if, if you play collegiate sport, you uh, the vet will have a rookie. It's part of the mentorship process into being a man, right? Or being a young athlete, managing your money, uh, how to act, all these things, and of course learning the game. Most importantly, I think it's about keeping these guys humble. You gotta stay humble, mm-hmm. right? Don't believe your own hype. Keep working hard. Be Don't humble. believe you are king shit. 
And I, like, so I think it's a good thing. That's why Philly did this with Elton Brand a few years ago, too, to try to get, uh, I think it was Okafor kind of in line, right? Because they didn't have anyone like that. Now, in the short term, actually, for Philly, because of how weak the East is now, it might even help them get into the playoffs. So, I, I, like, even, like, leading up to the playoffs, like, right in the rat race, right in the season, even if they make the playoffs, having, uh, like, a stable, strong locker room voice is yeah. important. So the reason important. why I brought in the Sacramento Kings is that they're, let's not cast so many aspersions right now. They are not making the goddamn playoffs anytime soon. Mm-hmm. And they locked in a contract to a guy like George Hill for four years. And we all know who George Hill is as a basketball player. But you know what? Zach Randolph for two Fox. years, who was a decent player four years ago, has done next to nothing within the last few seasons. An who? Aging vet Randolph? Randolph. Yeah. Who's a great leader? I, I, and a great decent g- last year, man. He came off the bench. But he, played, it's okay. a, he can still play. It's another year. Because he plays a, a strength game. Strength game lasts longer than a quickness-based game. Is but there I'll, any logic behind signing these aging vets, Graffin? What look, is the Sacramento Kings thinking? Is this no, going to be a smart me, move? I think it's going to be a similar situation to the LA Lakers, what they did when they signed Luol Deng and Timothy Mozgov looking to trade off these massive contracts? Or do you think there's something to this? To me, it's it's more about the fact that the NBA lacks kind of a D-League still. I mean, I know like five, maybe six years ago, there was no D-League at all. But to me, to have someone like Fox and, and all these young players and Monk be on your roster and sit on the bench and, and watch and not necessarily play every single time, it's not the worst thing in the world. Mm-hmm. They get a lot of practice time. They end up learning so much more from these vets, I think, than yeah. people even realize. Like You look at someone like Iguodala going to, who's not really a vet, but who had so much experience going to Golden State. <laughs> These are the people that that really mentor those young players, and like Greg said, keep them sort of on stable ground. Yeah. It keeps them from from getting too hot of a head, which yeah. makes them think they're going to want way too much in contracts. Yeah. Which makes them think not team basketball. I don't have to practice. And, and next thing you know, they come out with their own brand as opposed yeah. to coming out yeah. wearing the team hat. Yeah. They wear their own brand hat. Yeah. To me, that's just sort of the, the slippery slope it goes down. So yeah. I love, I love what I think it's pretty obvious. I've loved what Philly's doing. I think JJ Redick to a one year deal is fantastic. I don't really understand the three-year deals with Sacramento unless they just really, really, truly think that their window is three years from now and Philly thinks their window is next year, which would kind of explain everything. Yeah, three-year, $57 million contract at George Hill. George Hill's a great player. I'm surprised that George Hill, I mean, obviously he wanted to get paid. He got almost $20 million a year. Mm -hmm. But I'm surprised George Hill isn't one of those players who at this point is is trying to go to a contender. Well, he can play with Drawn Fox. He's great off the ball. He wouldn't start on on a contender. Yeah, but that doesn't... But, I know, but he's such a good player that... He get backup minutes on a good team. Exactly. He would get still 20, 25 yeah. minutes on a really good team. Honestly, why wouldn't he look to yeah. go back almost to, to, to San Antonio? Yeah. And, and, and and Brandon, just, just to go back, you mentioned, you know, like, why would you have him playing when Deron Fox is there? Yo, make the kid earn it. Like, earn your starting spot. Sit and watch, earn it, outplay him in practice. Nothing I was gonna is say, every single you. practice, those two are going one on one with each other, as opposed to him playing yeah. in, a, in a kind of shady D league. Which I mean, if we think the summer league is kind of bad already. Then right now the D league, it's it's okay. It's still improving a lot. So if you want to go there and average, you know, twenty points per game on thirty six minutes and, and almost lose a season, lose a whole year of athleticism, as opposed to who knows what happens in the NBA. Yeah, you get I'm a gonna, chance. I'm going to predict that in three years we're going to be doing this podcast from Vegas with a whole new set of draft picks to talk shit about. It's just my prediction. 
and it's going to be my boy. <laughs> All right, guys, that is it for us. Thank you very much for listening to podcast number 16. You can check us out on SoundCloud at www.soundcloud.com slash Toronto Sport Matters. Twitter. Um, we've got a Twitter account up. What's our Twitter handle, Graffin? Toronto Sport Matters. And at some point this week, hopefully, Mr. Greg Yoroshadas will get a Facebook page made. But with that, we're out, guys. Thank you very much for listening. Peace out, D-Dot. See you. Give it to me.